so many dumb stories over a single week. Turns out Friday is going to be my favorite day because that's all we're going to talk about is really dumb stories. And these stories, I, I think we've got a couple of winners here. Um, so we've got some do I've got some doozies for you. This is Gene, and you're listening to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Hey, hey, this is Gene. Welcome back to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Okay, before we get to the fun stuff of the podcast, let's let's go over some news that has been happening in the last couple of days. Um, <clears throat> then we can get to the stupid stories, which <coughs> will be far more entertaining. But these stories are kind of important, so I, I figure we should go through them. So, the national debt on Thursday surpassed $30 trillion. Now, just to give you a progression, when George Bush took over, uh, when George Bush's presidency ended, the national debt was at $9 trillion. Obama took over, and in eight, his 18 year, eight, in his four, eight years, he doubled the national debt to $18 trillion. Trump who is a big spender, and then the pandemic hit, boosted the uh, national debt to $23 million, trillion. Now Biden, in his first year, first year, has pumped another $7 trillion into the debt. Um, right now, Joe Biden, if we kept letting him do what he wanted to do, would add tw- uh, approximately $28 trillion to the debt. Anyone question that this might be kind of a Bernie Sanders guy? Um, we are now endangering in danger territory as far as the country is concerned. In September of 2019, mind you, before the pandemic. So Trump, you got to ease up a little bit on because Trump spent, I think, $3 trillion in 2019 during the pandemic. Um, the debt to GDP was at 4.7%. That was in 2019. In Right now, it's at the jet, debt to GDP is at 12.4%. We are at 126% debt, uh, debt to GDP as far as the country going, which means just to pay the interest, we have to, we have to raise debt. This is bad. Now, are we the worst in the world? Not yet, but we're getting there. Right now, the countries that are ahead of us as far as this go would be like Greece, Italy, and Spain. We are heading in that direction. And what, why those countries are important? All those countries have to deal with austerity. Where the government that holds most of the debt gets to control their economic policies. It's not good. All right. Well, here's the good news for Joe Biden. Um, the jo- a couple of stories that were good. Uh, jobs report was released today, and it was a good one. Finally, 467,000 jobs were added. That's double what was expected. They believe that it was supposed to be about 220,000. Unemployment went up 4%, but that's not necessarily a bad thing either. The reason de- the uh, unemployment went up is now more people are actually looking for jobs. So there are a bunch of people out there now that are looking at job. Remember I told you when Joe Biden's uh, unemployment percent dropped to 3.6, I said that's not really a good thing because there are tons of people that have not looked for work in over 26 weeks. Now 
people are beginning to look for work. So that's a that's great news. So that's good. Other good news about that jobs report, 709,000 jobs were added in both December combined for November and December. So those job reports that we said were just terrible, okay, they, they made some sort of recovery. Don't forget, these job reports, they give you what they have, but a lot of the time you don't figure out what it really is until after. So that's great. Um, again, this could have been sped up a little bit if they had ended the child tax credit, they had ended the extended unemployment benefits, they had ended all that stuff uh, six months ago like was recommended. They never did. So, and, and of course, the American Rescue Plan that Biden put in, that wasn't a good idea either because it just gave people a lot of extra money to spend and they didn't need jobs. Well, now those jobs are gone. That's, people are looking for work and expect the numbers to go up. Now, we also have to be careful because the Fed has already said they're going to raise the um, unemployment, they're going to raise the interest rates in March and they're going to do it multiple times. That is going to hurt the, um, that is going to hurt employment. Employment will actually go down. So we're going to have to see what's going to happen. Um, 2022 could be an interesting year to see what happens. In other good news for Joe Biden uh, and the United States, as a matter of fact, let's call it what it is. Um, the head of ISIS-K was killed during a raid by U.S. special forces in Syria. Now, again, this guy, his name was, and here we go, Ibra, Abu Ibram al-Hashimi al-Kirishi was killed, not by U.S. troops, but when he saw the troops, he detonated a suicide vest. Several members of his family, including children, were also killed during this explosion. He was in a three-story house. He was in the third story. One of his high, one of his, um, one of his uh, uh, assistants was in the second story. He was also killed. The suicide vest blew completely, uh, blew the entire third story completely off the house. It's pretty awesome. Uh, no U.S. soldiers were injured. Now, there seems to be some confusion as to what happened, how this guy was killed, who killed who. The Biden administration is saying it, he su it was a suicide. It wasn't, it, wasn't, um, it, it wasn't the U.S. troops that killed him. But either way, it's a good thing. And here's the whole thing with war. Um, terrorism's a terrible thing, and terrorists are cowards. These guys live with their families, they live in schools, they hide in schools. These are terrible people. And there is going to be collateral damage when you're dealing with people like this. So before we get crazy about Joe Biden, unless the Biden administration is lying about something, this was a good kill. And, I mean, assuming this guy is actually dead, this was a good kill. So, and I, I, I know children died and women died. You know something? I, the, children and women were probably going to die because this guy is not wandering around. Apparently, this guy had not left that house in a year or so. So, good for the Biden administration. He had a good week. He needed one. I'm not sure 
if it's going to help him much as far as polling goes, but this was a good kill and you, he should, he should tout it. And the jobs report, good jobs report. So good for him. Okay. So let's, let's, let's go right into it. Let's go into the stupid stuff this week. Okay. Let's start with our stupid statement of the week. And who else is going to be the winner but Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez? Um, she was on MSNBC this week talking about the Russian-Ukraine conflict. And my God, she's so stupid. So she breaks up her analysis of this conflict into two sections. So the second section, I'm sure you figured out what she's going to say. So here's her first evaluation of the conflict. Listen, Ukraine, how worried are you about a full scale war involving the U.S.? And do you think Biden has handled this crisis well so far? Badly? OK, what's your grade? Well, you know, I'm quite concerned about some of the dynamics here. One of them, frankly, is that you have a entire military industrial complex outside of the U.S. military. But, you know, part of this this complex of contractors uh, that frankly just left Afghanistan and are starved for revenue. And I'm very concerned about the urgency of this situation um, really becoming and materializing into a situation that could be exploited by for-profit military interests. Now, what is happening between Russia and Ukraine is of profound concern. And the Biden administration is well within their right to seek a diplomatic uh, resolution to this issue, uh, one that does not hurt the Ukrainian people, but uh, allows them to exercise their, their right to self-determination uh, and to continue to be a self-determined yes. nation. This broad is so stupid. I, I, I swear to you, every time she says something, you got to just, it's going to be something big. So notice the first thing she does all the time. She does this every time. She uses big words like military industrial complex, right? Um, to make her sound more intelligent. It, and she does none of what she said about it, this section had anything to do with the war in Ukraine and Russia. But she strings together a bunch of multi-symbolic words and she thinks that people are so stupid that they'll just say, oh, she knows what she's talking about. By the way, she's not the only one that does this. This is a strategy of the left. They think they will use big words and just keep talking and we serfs will not understand what they're saying because we're too stupid. So essentially, what was she doing here? She was blaming America. That's right. Specifically, American greed for this conflict. It's complete crap. She blames government uh, military contractors? Do you really think for a second a military contractor is going to lose the good graces of the American military, which has money, so they can go in there and help some third world corrupt country like Ukraine? She's talking out of her ass here. She just doesn't know what to say. But here's here's the other here's the other part, uh, the real reason why Russia is threatening Ukraine. Uh, on top of that, there is great concern. Fareed Zakaria made an excellent point in the Washington Post that there is also oil pipelines here at play, and um, and the potential design and entertainment of certain sanctions could precipitate an energy crisis. And so we cannot ignore the role of, of 
fossil fuels and frankly climate change and the great need for energy transition, the contributions that those are making to the present situation. That's right. Climate change. That's why Russia is moving into Ukraine. Maybe if this broad spent a little less time on TikTok, a little less time on Instagram and Twitter, spent a little more time reading about history and political theory, she would understand why Russia is going into Ukraine. It has nothing to do with climate change. And by the way, fossil fuels have become a problem because the Biden administration made fossil fuels a problem. The United States was energy, energy independent. We were a major exporter of oil. We kept oil prices down to $20 a barrel and at one point had oil at negative a barrel. People were, we, people were paying us to buy their oil. Russia would have never had an issue, wouldn't need Ukraine in their oil if, if, if we had just continued to export it to uh, Europe. But now Europe doesn't, doesn't have us as an exporter, so we have to do something about this now. And Biden shut down the United States Keystone Pipeline. Biden has can't ended all federal contracts uh, contracts with oil producers on federal lands. Biden gave Russia the Nord Stream pipeline into Germany. And one thing she doesn't get is that Ukraine is not where all the oil is. All of the oil was in Crimea, which Russia already took over. And Russia has a history of wanting... I mean, they're about to attack Belarus too. They, they're now their troop surges on Belarus in Bel- by Belarus. Russia wants to create a barrier between them and the rest of the world, rest of Europe, just like they did when they were the Soviet Union. So no, I don't think uh, climate change has anything to do with this. I don't think the military-industrial complex of the United States. Again, she's got to blame the United States because she hates this country. I don't think the American industrial, military industrial complex has anything to do with this. I think this is Russia being Russia, as they've always been. Okay, in this next story, I I, I threw this in here because it's stupid. But what what I like about this story is that we talked about this last Friday and I I said this was going to happen. So according to the Daily Wire... Game of Thrones star Peter Dinklage is not pleased that Disney is attempting to remake the Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. However, other members of the dwarf community have been thrilled to see the potential for lucrative acting jobs available to their community specifically. And a few of them are denouncing Dinklage's rant, saying it's harming their job prospects. I told you this was going to happen. Hey, Peter Dinklage is not having any issues getting a job. We'll talk about that in just a second. The dwarf uh, dwarf actor, and he calls himself, he self-described dwarf actor, Dylan Posty, stated, Postel, I'm sorry, Postel, stated, quote, It makes me so sick to my stomach to think that there are seven roles for dwarves that can't get normal acting roles or very few and far between roles, and now they're gone. Thanks to this guy. Peter Dinklage is the biggest dwarf actor probably of all time, but it doesn't make him the king dwarf. 
When he was cast as a little person role in Lord of the Rings and or the Game of Thrones or an elf or this or that or the other thing, those checks cashed just fine. He had no issue then. But now he wants to be progressive? Come on, man. I also want to point out that Peter Dinklage is starring in an upcoming movie called Cyrano. By the way, he was cast as Cyrano because he was a dwarf. Might I also point out that he made over $1 million an episode when he starred in the Game of Thrones. And why was he cast? Because he was a dwarf. They lit in Elf. He made money in Elf. He was cast because he was a dwarf. And Peter Dinklage didn't have any problems with that before. So Postel continues. I don't know if Peter Dinklage is still acting or if he's done now, but I don't know. It's pretty selfish. People came before him. If it is his mindset that he wants to be the only one, then you gotta grow up, man. It's not helping our community. It's taking jobs away from the community that are very few and far between. We are in a society in a time of woke and progression. And I get that to an extent. But this is a fairy tale. And he's talking about Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. So I, this, I, I'm assuming you heard last week's podcast that Peter Dinklage was whining about the fact that Disney is making a new a live action Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. And Peter Dinklage was whining that he didn't want the dwarves to, well, whatever. And I said last week, well, the dwarves, it's going to be, you're going to see a bunch of dwarves throwing absolutely if it's a guess what, now they are. All right, so here's another story. Now, on Wednesday, we talked about Whoopi Goldberg and how she got suspended from The View um, because of what she said about the Holocaust have nothing to do having nothing to do with race, but only because the Jews were all white. Even though Hitler himself said, called the Jews a race, they called him, he called them the inferior race, which justified the Holocaust in general. She made an apology to everybody, including the Anti-Defamation League, or the ADL. And the ADL accepted her apology. Here's the problem. According to last week's definition of the A of the of racism from the ADL guess what Rupi was right so let's get a little bit of history about this I said we were going to talk about it because I thought this was stupid but before 2020 the ADL's definition of racism on their website if you don't know what the ADL is they deal with anti-semitism they deal with any type of discrimination against well anybody Supposedly, apparently not. So in 2020, before the Black Lives Riots, uh, Black Lives Matter riots, this was their definition, and it was on their website. Racism is the belief that a particular race is superior or inferior to another, that a person's social and moral traits are predetermined by his or her, her inborn biological characteristics. Guess what? That is the definition of racism. It makes sense. Very straightforward. Well, when the George when George Floyd was killed and BLM had their riots, the ADL, which used to be a pretty moderate, they were they were they leaned to the left, but they were a pretty moderate organization, changed the definition of rage, racism. 
the marginalization and or oppression of people of color based on a socially constructed racial hierarchy that privileges white people. So do you see the problem with that definition? Only white people can be racist. The only people that can be victims of racism are people of color. And Whoopi Goldberg, based on this definition, was right in her evaluation of the Holocaust. So the ADL, uh, they figured this crap out because the ADL president or CEO went online and said that the ADL forgives Whoopi, but then people began to point out, well, you guys have defined racism in exactly the same way that Whoopi Goldberg defines racism. So if that's the case, you should have just said Whoopi was right based off that. So again, they changed the definition of racism. This time, they put an interim tag on this definition of racism. And the reason they did that is, I'm sure later in the future, what's going to end up happening is someone's going, some other leftist is going to say something stupid and they're going to have to change that definition then too. So this is what it says. Racism occurs when individuals or institutions show more favorable evaluation or treatment of an individual or group based on race or ethnicity. Um, there's still real problems with this uh, definition, by the way. It still allows the left to call white people racist because they still believe white people are running the institutions within the United States. That's not true, of course. I mean, we've had a black president, but that's what they think. That's what the left will think. The important takeaway from this is the left is constantly changing the meaning of words. Racism has a very definite, straightforward, objective definition. For them, words, for them, words, people, and society, and that I mean leftists, are malleable. They can change anytime they want, anytime they need to. Men can be women. Phobias has changed to mean hate instead of fear. History can be changed. Books can be rewritten or just banished. That's one of the reasons why I'll never call a man that dresses like a woman by his preferred pronouns. Because it's dangerous stuff and we can't just keep changing things. Speaking of changing things, this next story comes from the Daily Mail. Quote, a woman who identifies as a wolf says that people often have misconceptions about her spiritual and psychological life as an animal. Naya Okami, 27, from Seattle, identifies as a British Columbian wolf and regards herself as an otherkin therian. That otherkin therian, that's, that's a thing. A subculture who believe their soul is that of an animal rather than human. In 2017, Naya became out as a transgender woman on social media. And in 2019, she revealed to her followers that she has legally changed her gender and to female. Okay, first off, I this is something, do me a favor. If we ever talk about transgender people, I'm a transgender. So this person was a man, said, now decides she's a woman. And now, notice the article says her. Well, no, it's still a his. It's still a him. So, and I can't stand, I can't stand the, uh, the whole concept of his, her, that crap. I, I can't stand it. Don't do it in front of me. So here he is talking about his 
wolf transgenderism. So a Therian is somebody who believes that they are a non-human animal on a personal, integral level. Now, this isn't to say that we're delusional. I, I don't physically believe that I'm a wolf. It's more of like a, spirit, a spiritual and psychological identification as a wolf. Um, so I'm, I'm completely aware I'm human, right? Like I go to work every day. I don't, you know, necessarily dress like this to work. Um, but at the same token, spiritually, somehow I'm a wolf. Now, I know this isn't going to be a popular statement, but I don't have any, quote, misconceptions, end quote, about this man. He is delusional. He is mentally ill. This is the problem with subjectifying language, biology, gender, we normalize insanity. We normalize mental illness. This is one of the reasons we have tons of homeless people on the street. A lot of the homeless people, drug addicts and mentally ill, are out on the street because they have rights and, and there's nothing wrong with being mentally ill. Well, there is. This is part of it. She's nuts. He's nuts. Excuse me. I said never to do that and I just did it. He's crazy, and we're making it okay. And you should have seen the video. I mean, this this guy is talking, and the people are just looking at her and nodding. I keep saying her, him. And nodding like, this is all okay. Here's the big problem with this whole thing. It's leaking to our kids. It's leaking to our colleges. It's becoming mainstream. That is not good. We might as well continue down this line, because there's another idiotic story. See, here's the problem with all these stories. They're actually damaging our society, right? So according to Fox News, a Los Angeles County judge on Thursday ordered Hannah Tubbs, that's not his name, him, a transgender California woman. Fox needs to stop doing it. No, it's a transgender, it's a trans, a man who says he's a woman. Okay, anyway, on Thursday, ordered Hannah Tubbs, a transgender California woman, to serve two years in a juvenile facility after she, it's not a she, it's a he, pleaded guilty sexually assaulting a 10-year-old girl in 2014. Before doing so, the judge criticized far-left district attorney George Gascon, whose office declined to prosecute the offender as an adult. Tubbs, 26, a 26-year-old man, mind you, recently pleaded guilty to molesting the girl in a women's bathroom eight years ago when Tubbs was two weeks away from turning 18. At the time of the crime, she, again, it's a he, identified as male and went by James Tubb. He, they say she again. This is Fox News. Everyone complains how Fox News is right-wing conservative. No, call him a he. He. He did not identify as a female until after he, she was taken into custody. Okay, so what is this guy doing? He doesn't want to go to men's prison. And he definitely doesn't want to go to an adult prison. And George Gascon, sure. A 26-year-old man who molested a 10-year-old girl is being sent to a girl's juvenile center because he was two weeks from his 18th birthday. 
People are charged as adults. I was arrested when I was 17. I was charged as an adult and it was just drugs. This is what happens when pieces of crap like George Gascon take over. And by the way, this guy, 26-year-old man who says he's a woman, going to a girl's juvenile facility because he molested a juvenile girl? Gee, what could happen? Again, here's my thing. And this is something that really bothered me. If I were the judge, I would have said no. You're going to a male prison and you're going to be tried as an adult. Well, he can't say that. Yeah, it will probably get, all that stuff will probably get overturned on appeal, but at least it has to go through the appellate process. That judge would have been protecting those little girls. And this guy will meet some jailhouse, uh, jailhouse justice when they find out that this guy um that this guy molested a 10 year old i think that's really kind of important too meanwhile what's going to happen to him in a girl's juvenile facility i also want to point out which i think is weird this uh, in the in the russia right now and they just announced this last month okay in russia basically if you're arrested for rape or child molestation you get 25 years to life in a gulag in siberia that's right if you're not shot dead. But if you end up in a gulag in Siberia, guess what? You're, go- you're going to be dead. And they do that for a reason. They think it is a disgusting crime. And you know something? It is a disgusting crime. Uh, anyway, I don't know. Common sense. There's a saying, common sense isn't that common. This isn't common sense. This is about perverting the system. George Gascon, who, by the way, is a George Soros-funded guy. George Gascon wants to pervert the system, and that's exactly what he's doing. This all thing is done on purpose. And they don't care about the victims. They really don't. And by the way, we'll talk about this in a couple months, because either he's going to get someone pregnant or he's going to rape somebody. It's going to happen. I don't think there's a doubt. Okay, let's get to some of the funnier... um, some of the more lighthearted, um, lighthearted uh, stories. So, according to the New York Post, the Pillow Fighting Championship crowned its first ever champion Saturday night in Florida as the children's pastime was turned into a professional sport, combat sport. Excuse me. The pay-per-view event saw 16 men and eight women, most used to mixed martial arts and boxing but at this time with special a specialized pillow, advanced through the bracket-style competition until a champion emerged. And then the cha- each winner received $5,000. Um, by the way, what I just told you from the New York Post, that's the whole article. Not a lot to say. I saw the video of the Pillow Fight Championship, and guess what? It sounds, it is exactly what it sounds like. Two people walk into the ring, and beat the crap out of each other with pillows or whatever you consider beating the crap out of each other to be. Let me tell you something about this. And this is God bless capitalism in the United States. It's This is the kind of imagination and innovation that makes this country great. The thought that this guy could make a ton of money putting on a pillow fight in a ring is awesome. And I hope 
he did make a ton of of money. I hope he did. Okay, now we got two more stories left, and this is a good one. I love this one actually. Actually, this is the last story. I think it's the last story. Yep, this is the last story. But you know, I, I think it's a good one to end on. Um, according to New York Post, quote, in a first for the Rosemond Rosemond Gifford Zoo in Syracuse, New York, a same-sex penguin couple hashed a baby chick. Local news station 13 Wham reported, and will now raise the chick as a pair. The two adult male Humboldt penguins, Elmer and Lima, became the first-time dads on January 1st. The zoo said Elmer and Lima formed a bond for the current breeding season and have built a home base in a nest that, quote, and defended their territory, end quote. I mean, come on, why not? We can have gay penguins. Uh, there's a little more of this story. First off, um, the gay penguin thing, I think, is a little bit of stretch. That's, the penguins like each other. They form a bond. That doesn't mean the two penguins are having sex. The birds could just be very tight. They have a relationship. It's just not really clear that they're gay. It's just they're being called gay. Again, that's on purpose, but we'll have to talk about that. And how they figured the frogs are gay, the, the seagulls. They did a study in California, that in Santa Monica specifically, that said uh, they found 50% of the seagulls were lesbian. I mean, how do you know this? Just because the seagulls hang out together, that makes them a lesbian? I don't know. I don't know if I buy that part. And as a matter of fact, I have yet to see any reason outside of the animals having relationships that to make me say they're gay. So... The zoo was happy about this, and this is a good reason, because um, they don't have enough penguins, and they don't have enough penguin parents for the number of eggs that they have. So apparently what these guys have is they have an imbalance of male and female penguins. So if they can get, uh, and, and with penguins, when they hatch eggs, if you've ever seen March of the Penguins, that was the Disney movie, great movie, by the way, um, you'll see that the, um, that the, Male and female penguins both uh, both actually work with the egg. Both take care of the egg. So the male penguin will sit on the egg, and the female will, penguin will sit on the egg. They 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 switch back and forth. So this is this makes sense. And it does mention that the penguins are actually foster parents, and that's okay. Uh, now other things is that um, these penguins also they were kind of being trained for this. And I think that would be an interesting comment. Does that mean they're gay or they were actually trained to do this? So they're not really gay. They're just trained. We don't know. But these penguins, during their training period, these penguins actually broke two prior eggs before. So these penguins were not really good. And by the way, again, penguins, there's a substantial percentage of penguins even male to female, they break their eggs. So this is not something unheard of or bizarre or, or whatever. What am I trying to get at? That they just basically made the penguins do what penguins do. Penguins, male and female penguins, care for the egg. Male and female penguins feed the, the baby penguin until the baby penguin gets old enough they can dump them. 
I mean, this is just what penguins do. What the zoo, though, is trying to do is normalize homosexuality. That's what it is. And this isn't the first time they've done it. That seagull story, that was meant to naturalize, excuse me, not normalize, naturalize homosexuality. The LGBTQI plus community has been do, trying to do this for decades, trying to make homosexuality natural. Here's the problem. It's not natural. The only thing the LGBTQI plus community could do is make it normal. Now, let's be very clear about the difference between normal and natural. And I have talked about this before, so I won't spend a lot of time on it. But nature or natural is absolute. It's objective. It doesn't change. Normalization is very different. It's subjective. And it changes all the time based on the opinion of that day. There was a time in, 19, in the 1990s, homosexuality was not normal and not natural. Now homosexuality, still not natural. I mean, you're not going to see men. I, I know the LGBT, LGBTQI plus community keeps saying men can have ch- uh, babies. They can't. Okay? They can't. But they've been trying to naturalize and normalize homosexuality all through the 90s and it was still not considered normal. Today, being gay is normal. Still not natural. Men still can't have kids. So what the zoo is, I think the zoo is off by about 30 years. They're trying to naturalize homosexuality. And by the way, there is nothing in the LGBTQI plus community that is natural. It could be normal, but it's not natural. Okay, I hope you have a great weekend. Visit my website at dumbassestalkingpolitics.com where I have all my links listed. I even have a link for another stupid story, but I didn't really want to get into it because it's not it's stupid, but it's more sick than stupid. I hope you guys have a great weekend. This is Gene, and you've listened to Dumbasses Talking Politics.